specific in his preaching. People did not have to wonder what he meant. He was blunt and direct. And then the people asked for advice. He was not vague at all. For example, the publicans asked them, what shall we do? And he said, well, don't ask more money than you're supposed to. And the people in general asked, what shall we do? And he answered that we should share and be compassionate and generous. He that has two coats, let him impart to him that has none, and he that has meat, let him do likewise. And the Roman soldiers asked as well, what shall we do? And he said, do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. Be content. That's an important point in the Bible. And it needs to be part of our lifestyle. To be content. To be at ease. To not be negative. To not be complaining. But to give it over in the hands of God. To be easily satisfied. You know... For that reason, we should feel more comfortable, be more happy. And why is that important? Well, the Lord is in church, and we need to be still and know that he is God. Being discontent with self, that's right, that's okay. Being discontent with sin, yes. But being discontent and not happy with being discontent with the circumstances, that's not right. And that's what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he said, Thy grace should be sufficient to him. And the Lord speaks that. So the people of Israel also were complaining. We have seen it in the chapter Numbers 11. And Moses even started complaining. And there were 70 elders given. And then still some were complaining. So I thought of preaching on Numbers 11. Especially verse 15. Fifteen, Moses speaking, And if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee. Out of hand, if I have not found favor in thy sight, and let me not see my wretchedness. So far. Moses receiving help in his ministry. It is installation of office bearers this morning, right? So Moses receiving help in his ministry. Four thoughts complaining to Moses. Secondly, a discouraged Moses. In the third place, 70 helpers for Moses. And in the fourth place, all people should be like Moses. Moses receiving help in his ministry. 
complaining to Moses. Look at verse 10. Then Moses heard the people weep throughout the families, every man in the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Secondly, and discouraged Moses, as we have seen in verse 15 already. In the third place, 70 helpers for Moses in verse 16. And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto thee seventy men of the elders of Israel. And all people like Moses, verse 29. And Moses said unto him, Envious thou for my sake, would God, that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Congregation, young people, boys, girls, you remember the Bible story of the people of Israel being delivered out of Egypt. They were slaves, right? And they had to work so hard, and it was terrible. And with ten plagues, with a mighty hand, the Lord led them out of Egypt, and they were free. So now we expect them to be happy and to be content. They are free, and they have enough to eat, and they have enough to drink. And yet in those 40 years coming, there was so much complaining. And it started immediately, already before they went through the Red Sea. They just left Goshen. They just left Egypt and noticed the Pharaoh coming behind them. And they saw the sea in front of them, mountains to the left, to the right. And they were trapped. And did they trust the Lord? Did they give it over in the hands of the Almighty One who had delivered them? They should have. But they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, that thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? They were angry with Moses and with the Lord. And the Lord yet made a path. Although they were so hurt and complaining, the Lord made a path and the Lord delivered them. That's in Exodus 14. And the, and the next chapter, 15, then it doesn't stop. When they came to Merah, they could not drink of the water of Merah, for they were bitter. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And the Lord made the water, the bitter water, sweet and fresh. And the next chapter, chapter 16, And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron, and the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, where we sat by the flesh pots, where we did eat bread to the full, for ye have brought us forth into the wilderness to kill us, the whole assembly, with hunger. So chapter 14, 15, 16, 17, and the people thirsted, there for water, and the people murmured against Moses. Exodus 14, 15, 16, 17, and now Numbers 11. 
in Numbers 11 also three Bible stories, very short, about being upset with God. Starts with verse 1, right? Numbers 11, verse 1. And when the people complained, it pleased the Lord. It displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it also this morning hour. And the Lord heard it. You know, any complaints about the Lord's doing? And he heard it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. So in response to that complaint was a fire, and some tents must have been burned. And in verse 4 of our chapter, and the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, what shall, Who shall give us flesh to eat? So not only Exodus 14, 15, 16, 17, but also Numbers 11, verse 1, verse 4, verse 10, verse complaining. It started in verse 4 with the mixed multitude. Some people came along from Egypt who were not Jewish. So they were slaves of other countries maybe, or Egyptians, who were impressed with the people of Israel and were joining them. But they did not truly belong to the people. They were deep down against the Lord of Israel. And they were complaining about the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic, that tasty food that they had not experienced or tasted for a long time anymore. So they kept complaining. Even although the manna was delicious, it was a kind of dessert, and you could have so many different recipes with that. You could bake them and cook it and make porridge of it and make cakes of it. But they were not content with that. And in verse 10 again, our chapter, that Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent. They didn't stop. Why is it mentioned so often in the Bible, in those, those chapters? Complaining and complaining and complaining again. Well, it is a major sin. You may not think it to be a major sin. You may, you may think something gross and something sexual and something like killing and stealing. That's, that's a criminal offense. But complaining, well, that's not good, but, but in the eyes of the Lord, that complaining is very serious. It's something that started in paradise, right? right? That not being content with God, he does not suffice. And we read also in Lamentations about it. 
It is good for a man that he bed the yoke in his youth. He sitteth alone and keepeth silence. Keep silence. Why? Because he has borne it upon him. Because God has laid that on his shoulders. He put his mouth in, into the dust. If so be there may be hope, he giveth his cheek to him that smiteth him. He is filled full with reproach, for the Lord will not cast off forever. He will not cast off forever. And don't we read about it in Philippians? For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. What? Enemies of the cross of Christ? What do you mean? Well, he describes it in the next verse. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. Mind earthly things. You're not content, you're not satisfied, you want more. There's greed, there's a hunger for satisfaction. So let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know, they were despising even the manna in between brackets. Are we despising the manna, the real manna, which is the bread that came down from heaven? which is the Lord Jesus Christ? Do we eat him? Do we appreciate manna, or are we still complaining? Although the Lord has given manna in the Word, and manna in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, yet be not interested in the manna, not loving to eat manna, not loving to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, just turning away from him. So that's the main sin in this chapter. And may the Lord arrest many of us this morning. And may he charge us with discontentment so that we may see what sin is. Because the main sin during the journey to the promised land was being not happy with all the gifts of the Lord. Brings to the second part, a discouraged Moses. Verse 11. And Moses said to the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? Do I really have to experience this? Is this what the Lord is doing to his servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight? Lord, why do I have such a difficult life with such a rebellious people? Have I not found favor in thy sight that thou lays the burden of all this people upon me? I can't handle it anymore. Have I conceived all these people? Are they my children? Have I begotten them that thou shouldest say unto me, carry them in thy bosom? Do I have to nurse them? When should I have flesh to give unto all these people? 
Lord, they are weeping. And they say to me, give us flesh. They're asking me, okay, give us flesh. And they may eat. And I'm not able to bear all these people along. Because it is too heavy for me. So all those years, it's that complaining, it gets to him. I'm not able to bear it. It's too heavy for me. And if thou deal thus with, with me, if that's the way the Lord is dealing with me, Lord, it would be so nice if thou would kill me instantly. I pray thee, out of hand, kill me. If I have found favor in thy sight, this is the best thing the Lord can do to me. Kill me. I can't handle this anymore. This is no life. He is not suicidal, but he would mind if the Lord would take his life. It's over. So the people are discouraged and complaining. And now Moses, it's contagious. It transfers to Moses. Moses is also complaining. And Moses is not the only one complaining in the Bible, right? Remember Elijah? Servant of the Lord complaining. Went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. And said, it's enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life. I am not better than my fathers. This Moses is saying, Lord, uh, I can't handle this anymore. And Elijah, kill me. And Jonah, also, came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared the vehement east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die and said, it's better for me to die than to live. So Moses started complaining too. You see how contagious complaining is? Complaining has a strong effect on others and may bring others down. Church leaders can be very depressed nowadays. Because of all the complaining, right? Moses didn't want to live anymore as a result of the complaining of the people. And do we, do we realize that we do to our, what we do to our families when we are complaining to our marriages, to our churches? You know, disagreeing is not the same. Bring things up to talk about is okay. There should be openness and transparency and Helping each other, and we don't, we don't need to agree with each other. But complaining, that's something else. Hebrews 13, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. And the consequences of that complaining, and Moses also complaining. Probably read that the fire broke out in the camp, 
but also in verse 18 through 20, that the Lord will give meat. So you're asking for meat, right? Flesh, meat. And the Lord said, all right, I will give you meat. And it's clear in verse 18. But the Lord also is willing to give help. In verse 18. And say thou unto the people, sanctify yourselves against the morrow, and ye shall eat flesh, for ye have wept in the ease of the Lord. Who shall give us flesh to eat, for it was well with us in Egypt, therefore the Lord will give you flesh, and ye shall eat. So the Lord said, you will eat. You will get meat. But not only one day, not only two days, not only five days, not ten days, not twenty days, but a whole month. And I will give you so much that it comes out of your nose. It says, out of your nostrils, out of your nose, right? So, the, we have to be careful when we ask more. More, and something more precious and more satisfying. It'll make you so much that you suffocate in it. The Lord may say, okay, I will give it to you, but you bear the consequences yourself. Like the people of Israel also asked for a king, right? They're not supposed to have a king, but all the country had a king. So they said, we want a king as well. And the Lord said, you will have a king, but you will know it. There are consequences. So, but even a whole month until it come out of your nostrils and it be loathsome unto you, you will puke. You will have so much that you can't handle the abundance of it anymore. For the warning, let us be extremely careful. We must. Follow the Lord. Psalm 78. Man did eat angels' food and send the meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven. And by his power he brought the south wind. He rained flesh also upon them as dust. And feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea. And let them fall in the midst of their camp, round about their habitations. So they did eat, and were well filled, for he gave them their own desire. They were estranged from their lust, but while their meat was in their mouth, the wrath of God came upon them, and slew the fattest of them, and smote down the chosen men of Israel. So the people complaining, right? Complaining to the Lord and complaining to Moses and Moses complained to the Lord. How difficult for Moses. He was so down. He was suffering. He said, let me die. Would not have helped, right? 
was a selfish way of asking, let me die. It's too much. Now, now think at the end of this second thought of how difficult it was for the Lord Jesus. That he gave manna, that he gave himself, that he provided, that he was willing to save sinners, that he came to a sin-cursed world, and that they despised him, and that they despised the Holy One of Israel, that they even crucified him. And he was also willing to die. Moses saying, let me die. Elijah saying, let me die. Jonah is telling us, let me die. The Lord Jesus said, let me die. But that was to satisfy his father. There was, there was a way, different way. There was his love. But you know, we may have to ask ourselves this morning, how much do I complain? about my life, and how much do I complain to the Lord, and how much do I despise the manna. So that brings us to the third thought. Seventy helpers for Moses. Verse 16. And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there worthy. So in Israel were already many elders. The people of Israel were very organized already. For elders and officers. And the Lord said to Moses, now, when you think of all the elders among the people, you must choose 70 of them out of the elders. So they become the real elders, the elders from the elders. You don't need inexperienced people. You don't need the youngest of the people. But mature people. And from those people that have received respect in the past, you need 70 men. And those 70 men should come to the tabernacle of the congregation, outside of the camp, right? They did not have the tabernacle yet. They had the tent of God outside the camp. So come with those 70 to outside the camp. And I will come down and talk with thee there. And I will take of the spirit which is upon thee, and will put it upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people worthy, that they that bear not thyself alone. So the Lord said to Moses, Moses, I will give you some help. Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, had recommended before, but this is more specific. So, not young people, not inexperienced one, but from the experienced one, you must choose people that are standing out. You must uh, have advice of some people and just 
Come with 70 men. Outside the camp, close to the tent. And I will come down, Moses, with my Holy Spirit. It will be Pentecost. And when I come down with my Holy Spirit, I will endow them. I will equip them. I will qualify them. Because they need the Holy Spirit. They do not only need to be experienced and know what they're doing, but they also must have the Holy Spirit. So, do you understand that? Rebellious people, always something, never enough, always rebellious against God and against Moses. And then the Lord, even being so kind that he says, I will give you elders. And he will give those elders the Holy Spirit to lead you. Why is the Lord so kind and so forgiving? Then that's, that's typically the Lord, right? That the Lord is telling Adam, who has fled, telling Adam, who has some lame excuses, that the Son of God will die. And so this rebellious people, he is from the Lord, that they will have 70 men to guide and to help and that the Holy Spirit will be given. The Holy Spirit. So not that a part of the Holy Spirit comes away from Moses and that they will divide it in a different way. But think of, for example, a candle, a burning candle, a candle. And you can just lit other candles with that. So I think we have to understand it like that. That the Lord also gives the Holy Spirit to others to guide and to rule these people. You know that Holy Spirit is needed for regeneration, right? To be born of the Spirit. To receive a new heart. The Holy Spirit is the Holy is, is the third person who dwells in people, to make people the temples of the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's quite a thing, to be born again, to be born twice. That's what we all are in need of as well. But the Holy Spirit is not only making people new, renewing people and giving rebirth, he also is given to office bearers on the pulpit and at house visitation and at, at catechism classes. And also deacons are involved in that, as we will see later. Because the Lord is the, Lord, is, is the God who is doing the work. And we can't. The, the most organized, the, mo- the smartest, the most intelligent, the most gifted elder, deacon, pastor, is not able to work. But even if they get all the help of those 70, they don't need only more people to help, but they need also the Holy Spirit to be upon them. 
So let us not only ask, wonder, does that elder, does that minister, does that deacon have the gifts to the work? But maybe you say, well, I don't think so. He is such a, he's not gifted in those things, no. He, he can't do that. Maybe, maybe you're right. But uh, there's a Holy Spirit, and he can't do it. He is the Almighty One. And you will be ashamed, right? I remember that years ago, someone was accepted by the curatorium. I knew. I knew the person. And I thought, that's a mistake. That can be right. I was disappointed that the person was accepted at the curatorium. And then uh, to think about that, the Lord made it clear to me. If I can use you, I can use him. It was over. I, I respect him as an elder. I respect him as, as a pastor, I mean. And, and the Lord helps and anoints. And it's also with elders and deacons today. Pray for them. Even if you say, that's not my type of person. Pray for them. Because Lord is a wonder doing God. And don't complain to Moses. But pray for Moses. And pray for the elders. The same thing was true also for the time of the New Testament. And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews. Because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So there's also complaining in Acts 6. And the Lord has chosen men of filled with the Holy Ghost to also help out. You remember the Jewish council, the Sanhedrin? How many people are members of the Sanhedrin? Seventy. Seventy. So they, they heard they heard it. And those people that, that were anointed at the tent outside the camp with Moses, those seventy, they began to prophesy. And they ceased not. So we don't know exactly what that means. It's a whole long story. But what they must have been talking about is the glory of the Lord. We do hear him speak in our tongues the wonderful words of God. So the Lord still remembers that complaining people. Although the Lord could have said, I kill you all. Although the Lord could have said to Moses, you would, you would like to die, just die. But no, the Lord gave quails and the Lord gave punishments as well. But he had dealt with that people. And then the last one, 
verse 26. But there remained two of the men in the camp. So probably two of the 70. The name of the one was Eldad and the name of the other Medad. And the spirit rested upon them. And they were of them that were written, they were chosen, but went not out unto the tabernacle. And they prophesied in the camp. So two of the six were little opinionated, right? And they said they're not going to, out, to go outside the camp uh, to, the, to, the, to the tent with Moses, but they, they received the spirit as well and were prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, he was very young yet, and he had lots of zeal, and he was not afraid to open his mouth at his age. He said to Moses, my Lord Moses, forbidden. That's not right. He was a linear thinker. He was rigid in those things. Seventy men out of the camp, so those two are prophesying in the camp. That's wrong. Moses stopped them. And Moses said unto Joshua, Envious thou for my sake? So do you feel jealousy? Are you, do you feel pity for me or something? Moses said, Envious thou for my sake? Would God that all the Lord's people prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. So, Moses saying to the people, complaining, again complainers, I wish, let me say in my own words, I wish that, that all the Israelites, prophets, and that we'd all be offered earth, that they all would glory God, they all be gifted with the Holy Spirit. See? So that's also true today. We, we are often bearers here. With the whole congregation. I wish the whole congregation will be prophets. Not rulers, not kings, but we all will be prophets. Well, in the kings in a sense as well, right? You think of the hypergetism and also priests. But let us just limit ourselves to prophets. Have you ever thought of being not in the pew and not in the pulpit? but yet an officer in the pew. Oh, would God that all of us were prophets. Would God that we all would have that Holy Spirit. Females and males and younger ones and children and elderly. Do we need the whole congregation? Do we need the whole congregation to support and to be a congregation, and to magnify the Lord, and to worship Him. It is not all about us. We have a specific task, but you have the general task. So, are we content? 
Are we content with the manna? Have we eaten of the manna in a spiritual sense? Are we satisfied with God's grace in spite of all the burdens and problems we must experience? Is God's grace sufficient? May our God deliver us from self-pity and give us his holy God. Let me close with a short poem. Here's manna for a hungry one. Here's living bread, God's holy son. Come empty one, no more delay. Come bowing low, yea, come today. Come hungry one to Bethlehem star, before the heavenly men fall. He only is true bread indeed, to fill a sinner's every need. Amen.